It has been many sun cycles since we first initiated infiltration with the Earth humans, far too many cycles for Earth humans to grok. At first, we took care not to be detected by the Earth humans. We grokked that it would be too traumatic for the Earth humans to discover that they are not alone in the universe. The factor we did not initially consider is Earth human indifference. What do you intend when you posit indifference? Let me take a part at explaining. We grokked that if the Earth humans were to detect our presence, they would react unpredictably. Not knowing how they would handle knowing about us, we chose prudence. Despite our effort to remain undetected, we were detected by one of the more clever Earth humans who shared the discovery with other Earth humans. Very rapidly, our covert approach to infiltration became unsustainable. Our presence on the Earth planet was no longer hidden from the Earth humans. Although our presence is not widely known among the Earth humans, knowledge of alien infiltration is real and expanding. I agree that the reaction of the Earth humans could not have been predicted. Humor is the most common reaction. Earth humans know of our presence, but only find it amusing that we believe we think we are not of the Earth planet. They deal with our presence the same way they deal with any unidentified flying object that enters their awareness. They simply deny the possibility of an alien origin. Any UFO sighting is dismissed as nothing more than some natural or man-made phenomenon. The possibility of an alien origin is rejected out of hand. The good news in all of this is that we can come and go on the Earth planet without worrying that the Earth humans will ever grok who we are or where we originated. We need only take care not to draw avoidable or unnecessary attention to ourselves. Our leader in the capital city of the America pod has already mastered this outing in plain sight technique. He makes no pretense of being one of the Earth humans. He boasts about being unique, smarter and more clever than any of the Earth humans, and the only entity capable of rescuing the inhabitants of the America pod in particular and the Earth planet more generally from the grips of the liberal left who will destroy the America pod if our leader in the capital city is not permitted to continue to reign large. With lieutenants like Mike P. and Mitch M. to support his every comment or action without regard for accuracy or authenticity, our leader in the capital city is good to go indefinitely. I suspect that you have gotten distracted. If I grok your point, our leader in the capital city makes no effort to disguise his alien origin. It just is not necessary. The Earth humans in the America pod do not so much as give even passing consideration to our leader in the capital city not being an Earth human. Your point is that if our leader in the capital city has not been outed as alien, we need not concern ourselves about the Earth humans grokking to us and our origin. I totally agree. We can continue our infiltration as we come and go among the Earth humans. Our strategy to consolidate wealth and political power within the inner circle is progressing quite nicely. We are getting close to the tipping point where any pretense of equality and individual opportunity is no longer necessary. Soon now we can shift our focus to more aggressively dismantling the remnants of representative governance. Our leader in the capital city and his cohorts have been picking away at traditional rules and regulation, but we are near the time when governance by the few for the benefit of the few can be open and will go uncontested. The inner circle will be complete.
Don't worry about their overhearing us. We can hear them but they can't hear us. Right now, they aren't hearing anything except each other. If you listened carefully, you could tell that they're still obsessing about the infiltration of Earth. Thinking that they are aliens aside, they still believe that they came to Earth from a faraway planet sometime in the distant past. You may have noticed that they are quite non-specific about how that happened or when. Granted that they came into their majority in a consciousness centered at a distance from Earth. But they still seem to have no insight into the nature of what they think of as movement, but we know is merely be a shift in perspective. Although they are cognitively advanced relative to most of the indigenous population of Earth, their evolution is still at a fairly primitive stage. At their current level, they continue to be bound to a three-dimensional understanding. Additional dimensions for them are but theoretical and speculative. I struggle to recall when we were at their stage of evolution. It's like when our reality construction expanded to include elephants and oceans. I know that was an evolutionary waypoint but once past it, the memory of a time when those elements of reality have not formed fates. From where we are now, it's hard to recall where we were then. It's tempting to try to help them understand that time itself is a ringer for them. Once they comprehend that reality, it becomes easier to dismiss notions of distance and direction as products of their yet primitive cognition. They will be a while yet clinging to perceiving themselves as separate from each other and both separate and distinct relative to the Earth's indigenous life nodes. A belief in the separateness of each life node or what the primitives think of as individuals was for me one of the most difficult concepts to abandon. My struggle was with understanding the dual reality of life nodes. The individual perspective is certainly valid but no more valid than the unified perspective. They both exist concurrently. It's like looking first left and then right. Reality doesn't change. It's merely a shift in perspective. Both perspectives are always there. I wonder if even the notion of life nodes and their dual nature aren't indicative of persistent primitive cognition. I'm not sure how that would work. You could be right. I know we are all still evolving. At least I hope we are. Our understanding is far from perfect, far from complete. Although you may be unaware that my existence is within your conscious potential, it is clear that your evolution continues. In the two vignettes you have just experienced, three evolutionary levels are manifest. At the most primitive, the indigenous life nodes themselves represent an advanced level of human evolution. Those nodes still use space and time to keep themselves oriented but do have some sense of the life force binding them. The connections are quite weak and cling to individual uniqueness as a persistent theme, but nonetheless, the unity of humanity is at least speculatively considered. The life nodes in the first vignette have evolved noticeably more. They clearly perceive themselves as separate and more advanced relative to the indigenous life nodes. Even so, they remain in the space-time mode. They hold the notion that historically they traveled from a faraway planet to the Earth planet. As nonsensical as this is, it enables them to account for their presence among the indigenous life nodes while recognizing their persisting sense of separateness. An unfortunate consequence of this awkwardness is a belief in their superiority relative to the indigenous life nodes. The point is real. The life node they refer to as their leader in the capital city has taken their self-aggrandizing sense of superiority to the extreme. 
The interesting point is that these so-called aliens fully support their leader in the capital city and his movement toward greater influence and controlled by the life nodes in the inner circle. I had not predicted that the seduction of wealth, power and influence combined with perceived superiority would freeze life force evolution to the extent it obviously has. I fear that the collective life force may have its evolving progress substantially inhibited. What if anything can we do to facilitate ongoing evolution of the collective life force? Perhaps considering the prime dimensions of the collective life force serves. Space and time are convenient constructions enabling a useful way of organizing experience for the life nodes. This is especially helpful for those life nodes not able to grasp the unity. The challenge is developing insight that acknowledges that space and time are but possible perspectives within an array of possible perspectives. Of course all space and all time are present concurrently and are without actual dimension. Thus motion and change are but trivial notions posited for the convenience of the less evolved. Doing something to prompt this insight in the less evolved is itself nonsensical. Insight is not input. It is output. Appreciation of the unity is not an action. It is the absence of action. It is toward which humanity is pulled, not a push phenomenon. This also applies to individualism. The notion of discrete life nodes separate from other life nodes is equally nonsensical. Even so, it is useful for life nodes unable to grasp the unity. Grasping the underlying unity is perhaps the most significant evolutionary marker. The least evolved life nodes are doubled down on individualism. The more primitive the life node, the more energy is expended on super-individualism. This is reinforced with aspirations for increasing wealth, power and influence. These aspirations combine with an increasing disregard of the aspirations of other life nodes and any but the I and individual. We shift to I and you, and then in turn to me and not you, and finally to only I. The leader in the capital city along with others in the inner circle represent the case in point. External forces collapse the inner circle either by evolution or revolution, but collapse they will. Humanity will evolve but not through deliberative action. The collapse of the inner circle and an end to individualism at the expense of the unity happens spontaneously and inevitably. I know that my perspective is shifting, and assume that other life nodes are experiencing shifting perspectives as well. My concern is that we are collectively experiencing an evolutionary regression. Our political leaders tell us what they are doing, have done and hope to do that justify selecting them to lead. They attempt to stake claim to being the most qualified to lead. More to the point, they hope to stake claim to having the best plan to move the indigenous life nodes into the future. Their claim of individual superiority is obvious and their inability to move beyond time as a gauge of action persists. They have no insight into the unity and the responsibility of government to foster and enhance the responsibility of all life nodes for all life nodes. They value the primitive concept that promotes a notion that says, follow me, I will take care of you, as apt to one that says, please select the leaders who will best enable all of us to care for all of us. I am very aware that even we have difficulty discussing the unity. Our understanding and language are not yet sufficient to capture its essence. We continue to fall back on space and time to inform our perceptions and on individualist notions to structure our communication. Our evolution is far from complete. Doing our best to do our best for all the rest is perhaps the best our existence can ever support on our journey toward the unity. For now, let's only hope that we all do well, be well, 
and stay safe, knowing that we can always do better, do more to nurture the life force on which we all depend.